Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Father, open the scrolls to us. Jesus, take us into chambers of your word, which men cannot take us to. Reveal yourself to us. Impart yourself into us. For the entrance of your word gives light and gives understanding to the simple. We are hungry for you. We are desperate for you. Only speak your word and your servant shall be made whole. Only speak your word, master. Speak for your servant heareth. Waiting for your gracious words. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, as your word comes, let your spirit enter into us. As your word comes, as your word comes, let sicknesses leave. As your word comes, let confusion leave. As your word comes, let discouragement go. As your word comes, let fear vanish. And let faith arise. We thank you in Jesus' name. And someone who believes shout a living amen. New creation reality is a real thing that happens. It's not ideological. It's a reality. When we say we are born again, it's not some wishful thinking that we are expressing. It's not some religious opinion we are are expressing. It is not an ideology. It is a reality. It's a reality. And it has tangible, notable proofs and evidences. Notable evidence and proofs that God has changed our lives. Now, I spoke about new creation realities. Some of the realities that happen when you are born again is the biggest of it all. Not the biggest, but the initial, the most fundamental of it is forgiveness of sins. My sins are forgiven. I am justified. I stand before God declared righteous. Having not to do anything to make righteous. He did it and he gave it to me. Bible says that God made him who knew no sin. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. God made him who knew no sin to become sin. Not a sinner. To become sin for us. So that we might become or so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In him. In him. Outside of him, it can't happen. In him. So he didn't have to do what he did to suffer what we are supposed to suffer. We didn't have to do what he did to enjoy what he was supposed to enjoy. It's called a great exchange. So in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, it says that, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. My blessing has been done already, sealed already, done deal, done deal. You do not have to do before you are blessed. You have been blessed before the foundation. That's when you were chosen. He chose us before the foundation of the earth to be blameless, holy and blameless before him in love. And he said, verse 5 of Ephesians 1, who has predestined us unto sonship, predestined us unto adoption as sons. Okay, by Christ Jesus to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. You know what it means? That when he sees you as his son, he's so happy. When he sees you as his son, to the good pleasure of his will, this is not something that it was an afterthought. He purposely targeted it and it has happened. 
So you being a Christian, you being born again, is the extreme pleasure of God. You must know that. All other religions, as a matter of fact, usually God is painted as a God of punishment. They don't have God as a God of uh, a, a savior. And they, unfortunately, certain even religious folks, religious folks in Christianity also project God as like, uh, like as if he's not a savior. Like all he's looking for is to punish people. And so they will tell you that, you know, you are so dirty, you can't go to God. And he's very angry with you. So maybe Jesus has done some bit, but even Jesus, his situation is not good with you. So you have to go to his mother so that the mother can go and talk to Jesus. So Jesus can go and talk to the father. No, that is the wrong presentation of our God. Our God is a savior. Yes. He's a savior. In Titus, he presents him as Christ our savior. He's actually interested in reaching out to us. Yes. Bible talks about how first, second Corinthians chapter five, verse 18, 19, it talks about how God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. It's, he was the one doing it, pulling us, drawing us to himself. Drawing us to himself. God doesn't like sin. God can't stand sin. But Christ had to pay for the punishment of sin. So that he looks at us in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, this thing is serious. Say we are sons. Yes, sir. Say I'm a son of God. I told you everywhere you go. When you enter a building. When you enter a bus. When you enter a train. When you enter a car. You must know. And the people must know that a son of God has come in. Oh, yeah. And because there's a son of God on board on the plane, it changes the dynamics. I'm telling you. You must know it. The dynamics change wherever you go. Once you enter that restaurant, the dynamics change in the restaurant. No terrorists can come around. If they come around, they will be striked dead by an angel. Because a son of God is around. And the Son of God has got angels. Angels are this. He said, He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, lest you dash your foot against a stone. That's what the that's 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 the what the devil doesn't like. It's bad news for Satan. So in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, Bible says that for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. Remember that. He predestined our de- predestined to it means that your destination is set beforehand. Yeah. So it has been a- arranged before. It's before the, before you arrive, the prayer you are going has been arranged. Now, so predestination means that he said he he for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image. So our predestination, our, where we are going, is not just forgiveness of sins. Where we are going is that we will just be conformed to the image of Christ. We look like Christ in every sense of the word. Someone shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Why? Why did God do that? So that Christ may be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Amongst many brethren. Are you aware that Jesus has got brothers? I'm not talking about Mary's children. I'm talking about many brothers. Many brothers. And we are the many brothers. One of the interesting things that by by research I found out and God helped us to know on Wednesday is how Jesus said in John chapter 12 verse 24, except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and die, it abides alone. But when, if it dies, it, it produces or it produces much grain. 
He needs to die. So Jesus had to die. In the verse before, he said, the time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He's talking about his death. Then he said, except a corn of wheat falls to the ground, or a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, okay, but if it dies, it produces much grain. So he, he used to be the only grain, but he died to have many grains. So we are, we are the much grains. Amen. And I was telling you, in, in, interestingly, that it takes grains, many grains to have bread. So we are all one bread with many grains. Oh yeah. We are one bread. Say we are one bread. We are one bread. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 17. According to 1 Corinthians 10 17. He said we are one bread. And one body. For, for we though many are what? One I can't hear you. One say we are bread. We are I'm not saying you are a bread. But we are bread. <laughs> We are one bread. Because we are many grains. We are many grains to form one bread. We are many sons to form the many brothers of Christ. Shout hallelujah. Today I want to, in the next few minutes, take it a bit further and explain how, because we are sons, we have the nature of God. Hallelujah. In the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, verse 3, it says that as his divine power has given us, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How many things has his divine power given to us? How many things has his divine power given to us? All things. All things that pertain to life. As long as life is concerned, anything that pertains to life, anything that pertains to God, pertains to godliness, he has given unto us. Who is the us talking about? We the sons. Right? When you are reading the New Testament, you come across us. There are God, so long as God is concerned, there are only two races on earth. The us and the them. The us and the them. So when you, as soon as you are born again, you have another name. Your surname becomes us. So, Bible says that he has... According as his divine power has given unto us. Who is he talking about? You. You have been given what it takes to make life. You have been given what it takes to succeed and make it in life. You have been given what it takes to live a godly life. Yes. According as his divine power. It's his power that has done that. His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through knowledge of him who called us by glory called us by glory and virtue. Now look at verse 4. By which, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Why? That through these we may be what? Partakers of the divine nature. We may be what? Partakers of the divine Say partaker. partaker. Say I'm a partaker. I'm a partaker. Who is a partaker? How do you define a partaker? Someone who takes part. <laughs> a partaker is someone who takes part. You have a share in it. You are <laughs> a shareholder. You have a share in it. And so he says that we'll be partakers of the divine nature. This is a serious one. The very nature of God, we are partakers of it. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, it says that, therefore, beloved brethren, partakers of the holy calling. He refers to, he said, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly, we are part of the heavenly calling. We take part in it. Partakers of the heavenly calling. 
Hallelujah. And I think Hebrews chapter 6 verse 4, it talks about and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. And in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10, it talks about how we, so that we will be partakers. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10, for a few days, chasing us as sin best to them, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. So when you are born again, you are a major partaker. You partake in so much. It's like when you are at a dinner table with friends or with some prominent people, whatever they bring, you are, whilst you are at the table, whatever they bring, you are all, we are all eating it. Some of us, you don't know how to eat it, but you just look at how they are doing it. So when they bring, they, say, they ask you, say, oh, you take care of him first. The way he's doing it, then you learn how to do it. <laughs> I'm a partaker of the divine nature. You want to see the way the divine nature is? Look at me. I'm a partaker. The God man, how God man looks like. Divinity in humanity. Divinity mingled. You see, when I spoke about sanization, being sanized, being made a son, please, it's just like when you put um, a tea bag in hot water. What do you have? Initially, it's water. But when you pick the bag, it, it, turns, it changes from water to tea. And you can't separate the water from the tea. You can't separate it. You can't say, oh, I made a mistake. Okay, let me just pull, pull back the tea. No, it's too late. It's, it's too late. In the same way. Now, that, yes, you have been sanized. And it's an irreversible reaction. The devil doesn't like it, but it, it doesn't matter. He, he doesn't have a say. People may not like it, but God didn't have to consult them. So, it's too late for the devil. I'm now a son. And when we talk about sonship, watch this. The reason I brought the tea in is that the water becomes tea. All right. The mixture or a compound is so much in that way. You can't separate. You can't tell what is water anymore. It's, 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 um, what, what happens is that there is a union, okay, between the tea and the water, and actually that's what has turned into the tea, between the bag, tea bag, and the water, and the tea bag takes, goes out, and whatever is, is, is in the bag, in the tea bag, has begun to, you know, make, it's, it's, it's called, there's a mingling, all right? Now, that's what happens when you become born again. The nature of God is mingled with your nature. You, so, the people may see you look the same. But Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. You are a new creation. Yes! They haven't seen your type of creation yet. Because you are new. You are not refurbished. You are new. You are a new creation. If anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. He says the old has passed. Behold, behold, some of the things have become new. Behold, a few of the things have become new. Behold, how many things have become new? All things. How many things have become new? All things. Hallelujah. It's because of the nature. Of God in us. The nature of God in us. I'm the new creation. I have the nature of God. I remember when I got born again. Born again. 
the early days in my Christian work, there's a song we used to sing in church. He said, I've got the life of God in me. I've got the life of God in me. I've got his spirit and his nature and ability. I've got the life of God in me. Praise God. I've got the spirit of God in me. And I am a new creation. I'm a brand new man. All things are passed away. I'm born again. More than a conqueror. That's what I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new. When you go to the office, walk like a son of God. When someone tells you I'm sick, say, can I pray for you? Praise the Lord. I am a new creation. I'm a partaker of the divine nature. So, one, we are sons. When you are born again, you are a son of God. So, next, you are a son of God. Now, you have the nature of God. The next point I want to make, I am not sure if I should talk about this or go about that. All right, let me go about this one shortly. I am a citizen. I am a citizen. Not of America. Not of Great Britain. Not of Russia. Not of China. Those ones are good enough. But there's a far better one. Yeah. In Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. Thank you Jesus. That, this is what makes me like this song. It says, thank you oh my father for giving us your son. And leaving your spirit so that your work on earth is done. Hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 19 says, it says here from my Bible. Thank you, Jesus. Now, now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Think about it. It's serious. That means you used to be strangers. You used to have an immigration problem. No, no. Look, if you have physical immigration problem, it's bad enough. But if it's a spiritual immigration problem, and all you'll be doing is to be soliciting um, prophets and other people to be praying, uh, angels or um, saints to be praying to God for you, because you are a stranger. You are a foreigner. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. But what? But what? But what? I can't hear you. Louder. Tell someone I'm a citizen. Fellow citizens with the saints and members of ah, you are members of God's household. So, 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 so do you know what it means to be a member of a household? You are a member of a, a member of the Downing Street household. Then Downing Street. You go there anytime. Yeah. You are a member of Buckingham, a member of the Buckingham Palace household. Mm. Not that you are a worker in that place. You are a member of the household. There are two different things. When the bell is rung, you know it's for you. And he says that you are members of the household of God. God has a house. You are members of the household of God. You are citizens with the same. And then I like the word, the word fellow. Fellow. That means that in this Christian work, there's no one is a lone ranger. Hey, you are a fellow. 
Do I have some fellows here? Yeah. Yeah. Fellows, are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> we are fellows, fellow citizens, and members of the household of God. This is what you have been entered, you have been put into when you are Christian, when you are born again. This is big. See, and you must understand this. Let it enter your system yeah. and walk with that mindset. And walk anytime you are walking on the road, walk with that confidence. Even when you are walking in darkness, don't be afraid. No, no one can touch you. Hallelujah. When you are walking in maybe on the street somewhere, and sometimes you know, naturally, physically, you begin to get worried. Remember, no, you're, you're untouchable. Because you are a member of God's household. He will come get you, man. Hallelujah. Anyone who touches your job is touching their life. Anyone who wants to make life frustrating for you, they are digging their grave for themselves. That's what we have come into. They can't hit your car and run away. Justice will chase them down, hunt them down. You don't have to say anything. The household you belong to we sort it out. Yeah. And, and some of us, you know, when you have an issue with your car, your insurance takes care of it. Yeah. They'll take care of it. If you, are, you have legal cover, you don't, yeah, they'll take care of that. It's not your fault. It's your fault. Whatever. They'll take care of it. Mm. In the same way, if you are part of God's household and there's an issue about your life, the household of God, God will take care of that. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want to submit and announce to somebody, in spite of what you're going through, yeah. You know, what you are going through is not final. Household is taking care of it. I said household is taking care of it. Shout at me. Because, because by time, let me take the ne- last next five minutes to tell you about the next thing we are. I like this. This will make you jump and shout. Amen. I won't tell you what it is. We are finding from the scriptures. Um, should we go to, okay, let's go to Revelations first. Revelation chapter t- 5 verse 10. Oh, we are blessed. Amen. We are the sons of God. That's why I spoke about the prodigal son. When the prodigal son was coming back home, in Middle, middle East culture, in those times, Middle Eastern culture, even some places now, a man is not supposed to show his legs. <laughs> in a Middle Eastern culture, a man is not supposed to show his leg. And that's why they wear the magazine. They glide, they don't run. So, but the prodigal son, Bible says that the father saw the son coming. He ran. That means he had to roll up his, his, yes, he had to do something that is shameful. But that's how desperate he was for his son. He saw his son coming back home. He rolled up his maxi and started running towards the son. The son who has taken the money and gone to squander it with unbelievers and sport with prostitutes. When he was coming back home, the father was sitting at the window, always looking out for the day. My son will be coming. Every day, he's looking out for him. Every day, he look, the boy has, has been gone for months and several, I believe, years. But he's been looking out. So one day, he looked out in the window and he's, oh, you see, there's a way you can see your son from afar. Others may say it's not your son, but you know that's my son. That's my son. That's my boy coming. So that's when you are coming. This is if you are backslider, come back home. If you are Christian, you have given up. You have Christian, you are now living in sin. 
Brother, sister, come back home. Yes. Come back home. That is waiting for you. Come back home. Yes. Your brothers and sisters, we are waiting for you. Come back home. Yes. Come back home. Yes. Come back home. Yes. Don't stay there. Don't eat the food of pigs. Come back home. There is better food at home. Don't be like a slave somewhere. Even if you be a slave, come and be slave at home. But daddy will not allow it. He will not allow it because you are a son. Once you are a son, you are always a son. Come back home. 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 Daddy rolled up his magazine and ran towards. He ran. He didn't glide. He ran towards his boy. That's what it means. God loves us. Do you understand why when we get excited when we come to church? Because we are home. We are sons. We've come home and we just say we are happy at home. So we are happy at home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you come to church, unless you are an alien or you are not a citizen, but if you are a citizen, if you are a homeboy, <laughs> if you are if, if you are a member of of God's household, then you see that, that's one thing. About twenty five years ago, I discovered and determined. There's no way I'll go to any Christian church or any gathering of Christians and be a visitor. Right. Visit what? That's home now. That's home. When we are praising, I'll dance like that. I'm not. I'm not a visitor, and I'm not a stranger. I'm not. If you don't dance, I will dance you to the glory of his name. Sometimes you can be in, but you are still out. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10. Verse 9. Let's look up from verse 9. I like the verse 9. It takes it says very good stuff there. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe, tongue, and people. You see that? Your nation doesn't matter. Your race does not matter when it comes to sanization. When it comes to redemption. Your background, your race, your educational background, your gender. All those things are just human human. Um, barriers, uh, human demarcations, but those things don't matter. All that counts is in Christ. So it says that he has redeemed us from every tribe, from, uh, from every tribe, every tongue, and people and nation. Watch this. He has, they didn't just redeem us, what? And has made us, what? Kings and priests to our God. Hallelujah! He has made us kings and priests. We are kings and priests. We got royalty. Yes! Walk, walk with majesty. I mean, a Christian shouldn't steal. You have stolen from your company over and over and over. You are changing figures. They send you to go and do something. And then you, you make them give you, you know, an invoice that is higher than the actual thing. Christian. Ah, you are a homeboy. Don't do that. Am I communicating to somebody? 
And Pastor, why are you saying these things? Because God wants you to know. If it is ministering to you, that means God is talking to you. If it's not ministering to you, that means that you don't, we don't speak the same language. We actually belong to different natures. Because, have, you, have you ever heard a dog listening to Sky News? <laughs> and the dog is now on the TV, on the, on the uh, sofa with a remote, listening to news. It doesn't matter how you train a dog. He can't do that because it doesn't have the nature. It doesn't matter how well you train a chimpanzee. He can't win prime ministerial election. <laughs> Even if he goes to shave. Why? Because he's not a human being. Say I'm royalty. I am royalty. In the first Peter chapter two, verse nine, it says that for we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. For you are a chosen generation, a royal. Did you say a royal what? Listen to that. Royal priesthood. Combine the two together. Priests and kings. What do priests do? Priests have dominion. They rule. What do uh, what do priests do? Priests reflect God. So we represent God wherever we find ourselves, and we take dominion. So you are priests and kings. Now, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says that God said, let us make man in our image. So the God said, let us make man in our image. Let's read it aloud. Are you ready to read it aloud? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon. So she said, so said, first of all, let us make men how? In our world? In our world? So to reflect God, that's priesthood. And then, and let them have what? Dominion. That's kinship. That's royalty. Authority. So right from the the beginning, God created us to reflect him and to have dominion. We are created as priests and kings. But when sin entered, we lost that status. So Jesus in the book of Luke chapter 19 verse 10, look at what he says. Luke chapter 19 verse 10, I want us all to read it from the screen. Let's go, let's read it aloud, let's go. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. One more time. What was lost? The dominion mandate. What was lost in the garden? Christ came to seek and to save it and to restore it to us. And so, listen. In Christianity, we are we we come into Christianity. Redemption is a recovery program. Watch this. I'm going to say something very interesting. Redemption is a recovery program, but recovery program is not an end in itself. So redemption is to recover us onto the purpose for creation. Dominion and reflection of God. God created us to reflect him and have dominion. But because of sin, Bible says that, Romans 3 verse 21, for all have sinned and have fallen what? Short. All have sinned and has done what have done, fallen short. All right, so if you are making payments and they said, you're, uh, sometimes you take money to the bank and you say it's um, 325 pounds. 10, 10p, and then they tell you that oh, it's short of one pound. That means you have to change the figures, yeah. or if that's how you have to pay, then you have to add the rest. Do you understand that? So we fell short. However short it is, it fell short. Oh, I've done good enough. It's not good enough. I've, I, this one is too bad. So the bad one doesn't deserve it, and the good one is not good enough to get it. So Christ is the only good one who can bring us back in. That's why He came to restore. 
came to save, seek and save that which was lost. And so now we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Christ came to bring us back. So that's why it says that for he has redeemed us from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people, and to make us priests and kings to our God. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what happens to us when we are new creation. That's what happens to us when you become born again. That's what happens to us when you are royalty. You are royalty to exercise dominion and you are priest to go before God. You don't need anyone to go on your behalf. That is, in theological circles, in theological terms, it's called sacerdotalism. Where you need someone to talk to God on your behalf constantly because you can approach God. There are intermediaries who have to stand on. No, 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 no. Bible says that let us come boldly before the throne of grace. In actually, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, before the 19 says that we are no more strangers. When you read the verse 18, it talks about that we have access by the Spirit. It says, through him, we both have access by the Spirit to the Father. We have access. See, I've got access. That's a serious statement. I've got access to the Father. Think about it. You've got access. You don't need an, a, a, a dead saint to be praying for you. Somebody is blessed. I am Somebody is blessed. I am so now what are you? You are a son? What are you? You are a fellow citizen? What are you? You are a member of God's household? What are you? You are a priest and a king. Shout hallelujah if you believe it. Anytime you are walking, anytime you wake up, remember that. Anytime you, trouble comes around you, remember that you are royalty. Anytime the devil shows his ugly face, let him know where he belongs. Because you are royalty and you are in dominion. You are in dominion. Someone is sick around you, pray for the person. You don't have to be a priest to pray for anybody, like a trained a clergyman or a pastor. Because by your status, by your calling, you are a priest. You have access to God. You read it. We said we have access to God by the Spirit. And so just call on the name of, of the Lord. When you are in a plane and the engines go off or the pilot locks the captain out of the cockpit, call on the name of God. That in the name of Jesus, I command the cockpit door to open now. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've seen people here giving testimonies where their their car ran out of fuel in the middle of nowhere. Lay hands, I command this car, I have to keep going. Suddenly, see the fuel tank moving up. How do you explain that? Oh, no, no, give me a break. That can't happen. See, the fact that you think it can't happen doesn't mean it can't happen. There are always people who say things cannot be done, and it gets done. Once upon a time, they said no one can go to the moon. Didn't somebody go? And as we speak, there are people there. And as I'm speaking, some of us are entering into levels of breakthrough. Strange levels of breakthrough. Shall I am blessed. In Jesus' name. Did you receive something? Put your hands together. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.